Window World is proud to present Kevin Keatsman Has Issues. Simply the best for less at windowskansascity.com. I'd like to think I'm nothing if not a fair-minded guy, and I've always approached every story that I've ever covered or topic that I've discussed in a way where I've thought, let's be fair first, but once you get through all that, once you analyze it all, once you see it all, let's be honest. You want to approach something fairly and then honestly. You've heard me discussing the possibility of the Royals building a new downtown ballpark now for several months on this podcast, and you've noted that I've been very skeptical that this is going to happen in the way these things traditionally happen. One of the great things about being fair-minded is stories can change, things are altered, a situation can be not as it appears, And I'm more than willing to accept that and give someone a fair chance. And that's where we are today with the Kansas City Royals. After their first listening tour stop, where it was very interesting, John Sherman was there, Brooke Sherman, the COO. Fans would ask things like, why should we be supporting some sort of a project for a perpetual last place team, which must be very uncomfortable for the chairman of the team to sit there in front of Royals fans and hear things like that. And he made a couple of quips like, hey, watch the wire the next couple of days. There's going to be some stories. We're going to be adding some pitching talent to the team. You know, trying at every turn with every possible query that any guest in the room had, he had to try to answer it. So if we're being completely fair, let's not make a mockery of this listening tour. Let's understand that no matter how much money you have, whether you own a Major League Baseball team or not, no matter how good your life is, it is never comfortable being in front of a, a large room full of people, uh, even somebody like Dave Chappelle will tell you that, who makes his living standing in a large, in front of a large group of people. They'll say part of the beauty of being a stand-up comic is it's never comfortable. You're always pushing yourself to do something that's never comfortable. So let's first recognize that this can't be easy. It certainly can't be easy after you've lost all the games that John Sherman has lost in his short tenure here as the chairman of the Royals. But as they go through the evening, so many more details are brought out. And again, I want to reiterate my stance. My stance is, and every stadium project I've ever seen come down the pike in Kansas City has been more publicly funded than private. We've never had owners in this town, never had owners in this town, willing to pony up, put a whole bunch of money together and say, we're going to build this thing because we know we can make a lot of money off of it. We've never had that. We've seen some investment in this community in certain places. Mostly, I think our most notable contribution for investment at this point in this town is big private companies building apartment housing because they know they can make a pile of money off of it. And they, by and large, don't need a lot of government subsidies to do it. Not that there aren't government subsidies available for some of the apartments and things that are built around town because they are, but they know how much money is there. And there's a lot of money invested in that. Back in the beginning of the industrial age, if you will, there was investment by automakers here to build plants and make money in Kansas City by building cars. That has, we still have that. It's not what it once was, and it's not as big as in other places, but we're getting certain things. But even when we get the battery plant coming to DeSoto, Kansas, it's going to take a giant government program from the state of Kansas to get, is it, is it Panasonic that's coming in and building these batteries? To get the company to come in and build these batteries. So, yours truly has been skeptical about the Royals' downtown ballpark. What I've generally seen happen is 80 to 90% of these projects paid for by us 
and 10 to 20% of these projects paid for by the owner of the sports team. There is, generally speaking, some sort of a leverage of, as the Chiefs have done, well, we could move to Kansas. We could move from Missouri to Kansas. That's possible. Or, back in the day, the Royals would say, there's all these cities that want Major League Baseball teams, and it just might not be viable to stay here in Kansas City financially. We would have to look at other places. We've, we've heard those threats. We've not seen outward threats. We've not seen a news conference with an owner saying, build this or I'm leaving. So John Sherman, for his part at this event, said, absolutely, we're staying in Kansas City. This is no threat to leave. We're staying here. We're a local ownership group. They went on to stress throughout the evening that there is more in this for Kansas City than there is for the Royals. You can believe that or not believe it. I'm going to be fair-minded at this point until I see the details of the big news from the listening event, and that is there will be a vote in August of 2023. That's only a little over eight months away. A vote in August of 2023 on the downtown stadium. Now, my question is, what the hell is the vote? Because here's what the Royals said last night. The Royals said at this event, they have chosen, well, they haven't chosen. They've looked at 14 different sites downtown. We assume they have a front runner, a strong front runner. They should have that by now. John Sherman said private capital will take care of the major part of this entire project. There will be a stadium and a ballpark district. The stadium will have 34,000 seats. They are looking at $2 billion. I do not know how they're going to... This is their wish list. Can somebody explain to me how they... The Rams stadium was $4.9 billion that just opened a couple of years ago. The Rams in L.A. Now, it's L.A., it's a football stadium, but it's still $5 billion for that stadium. The Royals say they can do all this for $2 billion. They're going to build a stadium. They're going to build restaurants. This is an entertainment district as well. They're going to build shops. They're going to have office space. They're going to build hotels. They're going to have housing, and they're going to build affordable housing. Now, my guess is the public money and what's going to go on the ballot here is going to be affordable housing. You go putting affordable housing on the ballot, and you're essentially saying, we're giving back to the community. We're going to create places for thousands of people to live near the ballpark that will be very inexpensive. They will be government subsidized. There are federal programs for this. There are state programs for this. There are city programs for this. And this is what's going to be the Royals entree onto the ballot. But to hear the Royals say they're going to build a $1 billion stadium and a $1 billion district around it sounds woefully low to me. It doesn't seem to me that you can build a stadium for a billion dollars, and it doesn't seem to me that you can build restaurants, shops, offices, hotels, housing, and affordable housing for a billion dollars. So I'm immediately asking the question, are they doing this right or are they doing it on the cheap? And I know that really is a teeter-totter of where we are here. And again, I just want to be fair. I like the idea of a downtown ballpark. I support the idea of a downtown ballpark if private capital is leading the way. If the Royals, their vast ownership group, and remember there's a, a silent partner here that is a whale that the Royals have named Paul Edgerly. He went to Shawnee Mission North. He is with Bain Capital in Boston. 
He's been partners and whatever with Mitt Romney for years. He has billions with a B. He has more money than John Sherman. He has more money than anyone else in the Royals ownership group. And what Bain Capital has done for decades now is invest because they have hundreds of billions of dollars of other people's money. You, let me explain this. If you invest, like FTX is not real. You invest in FTX, you lose your money. You invest with the people at Bain Capital. They take your money. It's diversified. It's in a hundred different things, but they're really good at making money with your money. They, of course, they invest in stocks and companies, but they also invest in projects and start their own projects. And real estate's part of that portfolio. If you're telling me Bain Capital and Paul Edgerly and the people in Boston are behind this thing and they're going to go pumping a billion dollars into downtown Kansas City because they think it will be profitable and they will make money for Bain Capital and all their investors. If that's what's going on here, yours truly will stand on top of the, the spires or whatever they are at Bartle Hall, dance a jig and say, let's do all this. I'm all in. Because I believe if they're involved, if the investment bankers in Boston are the ones leading this with real private capital, something that is 70 or 80% paid for by them and 20 or 30% paid for by the taxpayers, I'm all in. I'm, I'm 100% set, ready. I don't care what they're designing. That's on them to make it work now. Now it is their private money being invested because they are so sure this is going to work and they're going to make money and get a return on their investment. It's going to be great for Kansas City. If that is the plan, there will not be any person in Kansas City more behind this than me. If it's the other way around, if we're looking at $500 million worth of investment from private capital and $1.5 billion from taxpayers, I'm out. They don't have enough to lose. Because if they're only in for a quarter or 20%, They've got a Major League Baseball team that appreciates every year. They could literally piss away their $500 million and break even over 10 years. Literally, they could just do it and break even. If it, if it was a complete and utter flop and never gave anything back to Kansas City, it could be a bust. They still have a Major League Baseball team. They'll still recoup their 20% or 25% of the project if that's what they're in for. But if John Sherman is telling the truth, it, and I have no, again, being fair-minded, there is no reason to believe that this man is misleading or lying. He doesn't strike me as that guy. He strikes me as kind of one of us. He seems a little down-homey, Midwestern, honest. He's charitable. I've got no reason to question or second-guess anything they're saying. But this was a stunner to me. The two things that were stunners to me is that private capital will take care of the major part of the stadium and the ballpark district, not just the stadium and the ballpark. Take care of the major part. So what is the major part? We don't know. We don't know the finance of this. The second thing that jumped out to me is a billion for the stadium and a billion for everything around it. That seems really low to me to do all that. There will be a vote in August of 2023. I am now officially past the 50% threshold of being excited about a downtown ballpark. A lot of people think this will be up and running by the World Cup, but I'm not sure that I totally understand the correlation between a Major League Baseball stadium and the World Cup. Are people coming to the World Cup 
from all over the world, are they going to go to the ballpark district? Are they hoping to have this open and have baseball games being played? That will be the summer of 26 and sell a bunch of tickets. I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe that's part of it. Can you demolish buildings, clear land, come up with a design, and build a stadium that fast? Because we're clearly, the thing is on hold unless the vote passes in August of 2023. So we've got nine months we're losing here, eight months before our vote. Let's say the vote passes. Let's say the people of Kansas City or whomever's going to vote says, this looks good. All this private money's coming in. It's just a little bit from us. This is great for Kansas City. Let's vote yes. Let's assume it passes in August of 2023. Can you build a stadium in less than three years? What are we looking at? June? July, June, June, July of 26 is the World Cup. A lot of people think there's some sort of a rush to get this done by then, but to me, they're separate issues. You do the ballpark district and the stadium right for the people of Kansas City. And if you're planning on the year of the World Cup, having people there, you're not going to open the stadium in June. You're opening it in April. So we're looking at a really sped up time frame to build a stadium and ballpark district. I don't see it. I don't know how you build it that fast. Unless it's completely designed, you've already procured the land, everything's ready to go. The second the vote is yes in August, in come all the, the machinery and you start digging and blowing things up. Maybe. But I, a lot of people are just simply saying, oh, the Royals are doing this for the World Cup. I, I think it's a big, it has to be a bigger project than that. That's too short-sighted. You don't build this because the World Cup is coming. You build it because it's the right thing for Kansas City. It's the right thing for the baseball team. And it's the right mix of private investment with public care. And I'm cool with it. I really, truly am. I, I know I've sounded on this podcast like I don't want this. I've simply repeatedly said there is no appetite from the public right now in this country, in this economy. There is no appetite to spend this money on a baseball team. There isn't. You prove to the public that you're spending way more than we are. That changes everything. Again, that's never happened here. That's not very Kansas City. And I applaud that John Sherman's on the hook for it now. He said it. They've, they've said it here publicly. They have said it. Private capital will take care of the major part of the stadium and the ballpark district. If that is true, and he said it, he can't backtrack government now. If that's a fact, this is probably the greatest sports deal Kansas City will ever get. It's better than anything we've ever had. There's never been an owner pay for the major part of his stadium in this town. That's never happened. It, do, it just doesn't happen. So that's awesome. Everything that we heard sounds great, including adding pitching, which could be coming soon. We'll, we'll take that if we can get it. Tr truly a remarkable uh, thing. The listening to a lot of news came out of this thing, and it's not the only one they're going to do. They're going to go around in the community over the next few months trying to convince people that this ballpark thing is the right thing to do. And that's important. And I am, I'm not a changed person. I'm becoming more and more informed. And I've not been against the downtown ballpark in any way. I think, I think putting money in Kauffman Stadium 15 years ago was the dumbest thing we could do. We could have built a new downtown ballpark for $300 million then. You can't do it for anywhere near that now. We could have done that. We should have done that. David Glass didn't want to do it because he was cheap. I want to say the Royals spent $250 million uh, on Kauffman Stadium, 225 of that was public. 25 million was David Glass's money. See, there's your ratio. That ratio needs to flip. You flip those ratios, 
and you start getting 80 or 90% of John Sherman's money that he goes out and gets from private people and the rest is public, then it all makes sense. It all makes sense to me. And it'll be really interesting to see what the Chiefs do after that. The Chiefs have way more money than the Royals. Okay, because remember, the, the, a, a giant portion of the Royals' money is from a silent partner or a minority partner, not, not someone who runs the team. And if that's where the money's coming from, is Edgerly and his Bain Capital people, because this is what they do, if that's where it's coming from, that's way different than Clark Hunt, who owns his football team and operates it and has billions of dollars and could do whatever he wants to do. Is there then a threat of the Chiefs moving to Kansas? I say anything's possible at that point. I still think the Chiefs probably would like to build something around Arrowhead Stadium where they are, only, only because I know the Hunt family well enough to know that Clark has a soft spot in his heart for his dad, and that was his dad's thing. But you know what? Clark may have moved on. Clark may be his own man now. He may have moved on and said, you know what? I won as many Super Bowls as my dad. We got this unbelievable thing going with Patrick Mahomes, and this is when you strike. You strike while the iron's hot, and you go big. And he's in Clark Hunt lives in Dallas, and he sees that stadium Jerry Jones has built, and he knows what was built around it and the entertainment district and all the stuff that's around that. And sometimes you just need a big open piece of land and start from scratch. It's all on the table with the Chiefs. I, I thought it was very predictable they'd stay where they were, but I do think it's possible they could move to Kansas. I think it's possible. And I think, I think they're very smart letting the Royals go first. Just let them go first, because if the Royals get something, the Chiefs can get double that. There's no reason for the Royals and Chiefs. For years, the, the predecessors that owned these teams kept these teams attached at the hip. And every time they went to the polls or a vote or whatever, it, they were both on the ballot. And for most of the time they've shared the space out there, these organizations haven't really liked each other. In the last few years, they have. It's gotten better. They coexist. They get along. It was downright unfriendly for many, many years. Competitively unfriendly. Like, they saw each other as competitors. It was bizarre. But that seems to be waning now, and there is no reason for any of these things to be attached. And I think the Chiefs see that as much as the Royals. If the Royals are doing theirs privately, they, they know that baseball is, is fracturing off, becoming just a little piece of what the NFL is. The Chiefs know what they have. And so I think there is a big difference there. But I am I'm very, very encouraged. Very encouraged. Okay, before we move on in sports, I want to remind everybody about OperationHomefront.org. We had A.J. Khan on the podcast last week, and I'm really hoping that some of you will make donations this year to Operation Homefront around the holidays. We've got a couple of families that live near military bases here in our area that had their homes burned down. Operation Homefront comes in and assists active military when they fall on hard times. And that's what we're asking is for you to donate 10 bucks, 20 bucks, 100 bucks operationhomefront.org. Or if you or your company would like to help in any meaningful way, please send me an email personally, kevin at kkasissues.com. Let me know how you'd like to help. If there's something you can do, goods, services, donation, whatever it may be. If you would like to contact AJ directly and work with Operation Homefront, we are asking you to call 816 534 one, two, four, five. That's five, three, four, one, two, four, five for Operation Homefront. Again, if you shoot me an email, I'll give you AJ's number and you can call him directly. Several of you have, but we have not had, we have not had the response to this that I'd hoped for. To be honest, I'm not afraid to go all Jerry Lewis on you. Like the old telethon back in the day. We're asking for your help. 
Jessica and I worked hard to find an organization we thought every listener could be proud of that would do work right here in our community with people that matter most to us. Operation Homefront for active military families that have in some way fallen upon some sort of a a really hard time. This is a national organization that has an office here and does work locally. And if you can see it in your heart this holiday season to support it, you can go right on the website and just go to operationhomefront.org and make a donation. That goes to the national organization. If you want it to stay local, get a hold of me or AJ, and we'll facilitate that for you. AJ's number is 816-534-1245, or email me, Kevin, at kksissues.com. All right, moving on in sports. Alex Ovechkin, we don't spend a lot of time in the NHL here. Alex Ovechkin is amazing with the Washington Capitals. He had three goals in their game last night. That put him at 800 for his career. Only the third player ever with 800 goals. Wayne Gretzky's the all-time leader at 894. Gordy Howe has 800 goals. And Ovechkin had the hat trick. Three goals. They won 7-3. to three. We don't talk a lot about hockey on this podcast. But my goodness, there is one of the, the all-time greats in our midst, if you get a chance to watch a Washington Capitals game or check out some highlights online. What an amazing man. 37 years old. He's still got more gas in the tank, baby. Let's see what he finishes with in his career. But an amazing milestone. Only the third player all time. And what a great hockey game. Washington won 7-3. to three. That's an exciting game. Soccer needs to get there. The NHL has done great things about improving scoring. Great things in their sport. Soccer needs to do the same thing. While we're on hockey, we might as well do this one. This is this is a this is more like a hockey story. A fight breaks out in Arizona at the Coyotes Bruins game between a Bruins fan and a Coyotes fan. I didn't know there were rabid Coyotes fans. But let's hope the man wasn't rabid. Because as the brawl broke out and these guys started pummeling each other, they rolled to the ground and the Coyotes fan bites the finger off the Bruins fan. <laughs> what? We had a hockey fight in the stands. Not, not in the game, in the stands. He bit the man's finger off. They rushed that guy to the hospital with the chunk of finger, and I guess they're trying to put it back together. But, wow, that's more of a hockey story for you right there. The Bruins and the Coyotes had a fan brawl that led to a finger getting bitten off. Peyton Manning on Monday night during the Manning cast, which I watch. We don't watch every minute of it every week. We flip around. And I didn't catch this part, and I did not know this story. The story's been out there for a while, but it is a doozy. Peyton Manning told the story of David Bin. David Bin was the long snapper with the San Diego Chargers for 17 years and one year with the Denver Broncos. He is the most tenured player in L.A. Charger now, in Charger history. David Bin played in more games than any Charger ever, ever. He made it to one Pro Bowl. So he's a really good long snapper, 17 years, and then one in Denver. David Bin, in living the life, Southern California, snapping the ball to the punter. It's a good job. It's a really good job for a long period of time, right? It's a really good job because everybody in Southern California knew the man. It's a really good job because he was a smart guy and he's very attractive. It's a really good job because after years of people knowing who he is and playing for the Chargers, he started dating Pamela Anderson. This would have been about 2005, 2006. This is not the Baywatch, Pamela Anderson. 
of the uh, late 80s and 90s, right? But this is Pamela Anderson, nonetheless. And after all these years in the league, in 2006, Bill Belichick invites David Benn to the Pro Bowl. Says, we want you to come be the long snapper for the AFC. He's like, woo, I finally made a Pro Bowl. I finally made a Pro Bowl. So David Benn goes to the Pro Bowl. At practice one day, Belichick walks by and says, where's Pamela? And Ben responds, she didn't come on the trip to Hawaii. And Belichick, with that stone face that he has, this is while they're practicing for the Pro Bowl, looks at Ben and says, remind me why the F I invited you then? And walks away. Belichick invited David Ben to be the long snapper so the players and the coaches could all see Pamela Anderson at the pool in Hawaii. It is a true story. Oh my God, Belichick does not like this story out there. David Ben told this story about a year ago on a podcast. He has his own podcast, as you can imagine. Peyton Manning retold it on Monday night. I love this story about Bill Belichick. He's like, oh, that one dude in San Diego, his girlfriend is Pamela Anderson. Let's have him be the long snapper because she'll come to the Pro Bowl for sure and we'll all get to see her at the pool. <laughs> I love real stories. I love when the truth gets out. That's just a classic, classic story. There is something called the Pro Disc Golf Association. Pro Disc Golf is a thing. It's a pretty big thing. It's getting bigger. And a transgender woman named Natalie Ryan is number five in the world and has made thousands and thousands of dollars this year traveling around to disc golf tournaments. Natalie Ryan has now been banned. The Pro Disc Golf Association, which, by the way, if we're just going to go ahead and lump things into categories, and I think this is a safe space for us sometimes to have a little leeway in generalizing things. I think generally disc golf players are probably liberals. Just, I just generally believe that. I don't want to be a stereotypical person. I'm not being a bigot. I don't care. I'm merely pointing out that that's my take on the people that walk around near Swope Park and flip discs. Natalie Ryan would probably fit into that category. Born a male, transitioned to Natalie Ryan. Female is number five in the world in the female disc golf. Well, disc golf's tried to support this. They, this is right in their wheelhouse. They've tried to support it. Now they said, well, wait a second. This is a mockery. There comes a point in any of these sports where born males that are pounding women in sports and making their money is now inherently unfair and gender discrimination against women. So the Pro Disc Golf Association has changed its rules with a testosterone level that you cannot be above and a requirement that if you've transitioned from male to female, you must have done it before age 12. Natalie Ryan is now banned. Natalie Ryan is really, really, really upset that she can't compete. And the answer is, well, she absolutely can. She just has to go compete with the men. Women have wanted to do that forever. Annika Sorenstam, Billie Jean King. We've seen all kinds of great women athletes that want to compete with men. Go do it, Natalie. You're not banned from anything. You're more than welcome to go compete with the men. Go do it. You have no right to be mad. And more and more organizations are doing this. We know this has happened with swimming. And more and more organizations are stepping up and doing this. And we certainly applaud that. 
KKHI is brought to you by Buck Roofing and Construction online at rbuckroofing.com. It's a great time to get a free roof inspection. Call Ron at 913-384-2680. Ask him what he thinks of Sam Brinton. <laughs> I digress. You know Sam Brinton, the baggage thief? The bag carousel thief? The Department of Energy person that got fired? Uh, yeah, call Ron. Say, I want a free roof inspection. And what's Ron think of Sam Brinton? 913-384-2680. You'll sleep well knowing Buck Roofing fixed the roof over your head. The Blue On Hotel in Manhattan. A lot of companies are starting to plan for events next year, conferences, meetings, different types of events that you have. Individuals are doing this too. You may have a wedding or want to do a golf outing or all kinds of things take place in Manhattan, or maybe you're headed there for graduation weekend in the spring. The Bluemont Hotel is taking reservations at bluemonthotel.com. It is a wonderful locally owned and operated hotel, but don't I don't want you to think this is some tiny little operation. This is a big, beautiful hotel with oversized rooms. They have Goolsby's Restaurant, Sports Bar, Indoor Entertainment Center attached. It's all in the perfect location in Manhattan. They have their own parking. It's perfect walking distance to campus and Aggieville. It's the Bluemont Hotel, the only place to stay in Manhattan. And Goolsby's, the place to have fun even in the winter. Indoor fun at Goolsby's all winter long. Check it all out online, bluemonthotel.com. And Roberts Robinson, Chevrolet Buick GMC in Excelsior Springs, working with the Good Samaritan Center this holiday season with their toy drive and gift card donations. If you'd like to make a donation, if you live near Excelsior, if you don't live near Excelsior, you just want to go check out some new cars or get your car serviced, go in for an oil change and make a donation to the Good Samaritan Center. The toy drive and cash uh, and debit card or gift card donation is on right now at 1501 Kearney Road, in Excelsior Springs. You can mail it as well, 1501 Kearney Road in Excelsior Springs, or walk into the showroom and say hi to my friend Tim Trader. He's there every single day, and we appreciate what Roberts Robinson does every year with the Good Samaritan Center, helping those kids with the toy drive and the gift cards this holiday season in Excelsior Springs. They're online at robertsrobinson.com. Okay, on to the news, and I, I've, I've got a topic here that is uncomfortable for me, it's uncomfortable for most, and I think that's a good thing. I, I feel like this is a topic that should be uncomfortable, and I have debated for weeks whether or not to do this on the podcast. And I've decided it's time to do it because I saw a couple of stories that I didn't like. I saw a drag queen performing at the White House on Tuesday at an event for legalizing same-sex relationships or marriage, which we did a decade ago. I don't even know what they're celebrating because we, this is, this happened a long time ago. You know, this, I, I don't understand it, but I also heard a term that has me scared because as we watch the liberals do their crazy stuff, we know that they don't stop. They just keep going more and more and more and more and more. And the term that really has me upset that got me onto this topic, which is an uncomfortable topic to discuss is changing pedophilia or labeling someone a pedophile to someone who is minor attracted. We can sit here and joke about all kinds of things that they talk about with sex, sexual preferences, gender identity, all of these crazy, freaky things that make us all uncomfortable. 
But when you start changing something like pedophile or pedophilia to minor attracted, you're normalizing it. You're attempting to normalize it and say, we understand that some people are attracted to minors. Can you explain to me why anyone would want to have drag shows for minors unless there's some sort of a weird fixation with minors and sex? I can't explain it. I can't explain it. I've wanted to talk about this topic for a long time. Again, it's not a comfortable topic for me. It shouldn't be a comfortable topic. But I'm sitting here watching all these liberals, their identity, and their sole push in politics while we have threats of nuclear war, hunger, crime at the border, fentanyl pouring in, all these things going on. All we hear about almost every day in America is sex, sexual identity, sexual preferences, gender identity, defining these people as a person. Like that's the defining thing of who they are. Can you imagine going through your life being defined either by your gender or your sexual preference? I mean, this has never even occurred to me in my life. Nor would I want it to be something that defines me. I would hope there are a dozen other things that define me before that. We have drag queens of the White House. We have Sam Britton fired from the Department of Energy, finally, who was clearly hired for one reason, non-binary or gender fluid or whatever Sam Britton claims to be. Sam Bankman-Fried is going to get jailed. He's going to be on trial. This guy's a freak too, okay? And while he's probably known as being a thief, a fraudster, let's not forget what FTX was all about. It wasn't exactly Jonestown and Jim's Jones, but it was it was a sex cult. And there isn't really any other way to describe this. Sam Bankman-Fried stole money from other people to buy this unbelievable penthouse thing in the Bahamas where a couple dozen people in their 20s and 30s hold up, or maybe more than that, and all had sex with each other all the time. They all lived there. They all worked there. We've now learned that they were operating their company on QuickBooks. And it was fairly Spartan operation with what the way they, they, you know, their computers, their security, all that stuff. They weren't very good at that. This was a sex cult. Or an orgy, a working orgy, however you want to say it. There is little doubt that this group of freaks, which is what I will call them, you go take a look at them all. Okay, this was just a kinky freak show ripping off other people to probably, I don't know what else they had in there. We assume in a lot of these things, there's a lot of alcohol, a lot of drugs, a lot of whatever. It defines them. This was, this was a sex organization. I'm watching Mayor Pete in the news. Why is Mayor Pete the transportation secretary? What is he known for? He's known for gay, married, has a child, took however many months off because they adopted a baby. We have drag queens at the White House. This is why it's uncomfortable because I just really don't like or feel good about stereotyping or lumping people together. But my God, how are all these people Democrats? It's like they set out politically and said, okay, we have this 
subgroup. Minority group doesn't even do it justice. We have this outlying group of alternate lifestyles that most people don't understand or like, but accept that it's okay. People can live their life however they want to live it as long as they don't harm others. But now I'm sitting here giving you one case after another where it harms somebody else. Did Sam Brinton harm others? Of course, he stole stuff. Did Sam Bankman-Fried harm others? Yes, of course. Is Mayor Pete harming others? Yes. Our transportation system and logistics are the worst they've ever been. The guy isn't doing his job because that's not what his job is. His job is to be a professional uh, provocateur. His, his job is to be a gay Democrat. That's it. That's his identity. Drag queens at the White House, they're harming children. I'm sorry, drag queens performing for kids and taking them to drag shows is harming kids. So we have all this stuff. They're flaunting it at the White House. Same-sex relationships have been protected under laws in this country for years. There is no threat to any of these people. Nobody wants to stop them from living their life privately the way they want to do it. Pride nights at Major League Baseball games. I got probably 30 emails last summer when they said they showed a couple kissing on the Jumbotron, a couple of guys on Pride Night at Kauffman Stadium. It happens all over. We see it in commercials now. It makes people uncomfortable. Why does it make people uncomfortable? Well, let me give you a couple of stats. In 2016, 4% of America identified as LGBTQ. 4%. And of that 4%, less than 1 in 10 were married. So we hear all this stuff about gay marriage. We got to have right to marry, 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 marry. We're going to get married, 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 married. Okay, so how many people are we talking about? If it's 4% of the population and only one in 10 of those are married, why the hell are we talking about gay marriage in this country? We're talking about such a small subgroup of people that is a complete and utter waste of time. We are sick of this, okay? These are alternative lifestyles that most of us simply do not understand. We don't understand wanting to be known or identified by our genitals. It makes no sense to us. I don't get any of it. I don't. I just don't get it. I'm sorry. I, I, I'm so thankful. I thank my maker every single day that I am not bogged down living my life in some hellhole of a subgroup that feels like it's oppressed and the whole world is out to get them and they probably are, are self-loathing and have low esteem and, you know, feel like I need to be equal somehow because you don't feel equal. I, I, I feel bad for them that they live that way or feel that way, but we have that across a bunch of different identities. We got a lot of different groups. But we get to a point now where the government goes to the FBI and tells the FBI, we want to train you how to be an ally of the LGBTQ community. This is just all Democrat politics. They, they're trying to mainstream this stuff. They're definitely growing. We have more people now than we did five years ago identifying as LGBTQ. Whether that means they're just coming out, I don't think that's it. I think they're grooming them. I think they're trying to train people that this is a cool way to live. Go live this way and people will help you. How many people want to be helped in this country? Well, we know at least half because they vote for Democrats. They vote for some sort of a program that gives them money, a break. They feel oppressed. They want help. I want the government to help me because X, Y, Z. 
Well, for some people, the easy way is I want help because I'm transgender. I'm gay. I'm non-binary. Just take your pick. There's like 50 different categories now. The U.S. public thinks over 30% of people in America are gay. The figure is more like 5%, and less than 1 in 10 of those are married. It's remarkable. It is absolutely crazy. All right, I want to thank our friends at Advantage Termite and Pest Control for sponsoring KKHI online at AdvantageTPC.com. Time to switch. Make the call today, 913-768-8989. Advantage would love to do great work for you and your family. They'd be honored to do your work for you. And they do commercial work as well. If you have a business location and you'd like to switch to pest control, Advantage Termite and Pest Control would be honored to earn your business. Give them a chance. I think you'll find out they are absolutely the best in the business. AdvantageTPC.com. North Kansas City Dental, Dr. Bill Bush either is or should be your new dentist. He's an award-winning dentist. He's the dentist of the Chiefs players. He's my dentist. He's Jessica's dentist. He's my father-in-law's dentist. He's my buddy's dentist. He's a lot of people's dentist. He's the best. They've got an unbelievable office uh, at Armour and Swift, north of the river. It's fantastic. He bought the building. It's like a big corner city block. It's just unbelievable. You're going to love your experience at nkcdental.com. He also has an office in Westwood, Kansas. Make your appointment now, 816-471-2911. Dr. Bill Bush is your new dentist. And our friends at Back Nine Development, Kansas City, Lawrence, Topeka, Manhattan, you name it. You got an idea for development? You need to meet TJ Vilkanskis. Maybe TJ should be part of this ballpark village down there. Let's go. You got any idea what you want to build around the ballpark? Get with TJ. Get some private money together. Let's get some investors. Let's build around that ballpark with Back Nine Development. Online at back9development.com. He builds beautiful custom homes, man. I mean, gorgeous. You want to see that portfolio? Check it out online at back9development.com. There's a remarkable video out of Florida of a police officer named Courtney Bannock. Courtney Bannock has had dozens of calls where she has responded to possible drugs on the scene. She has a protocol, she wears gloves. She knows how to handle this when they're checking somebody out and there could be, you know, you don't want to get high while you're working, right? And somebody in Florida had a whole bunch of fentanyl. And Courtney made the stop. And one of them had apparently some fentanyl in a dollar bill and went and blew it through the dollar bill like that into the air at the officer. Down she goes. Lifeless. Eyes open. Other cops responded. She was choking when she called for help. Laying on the ground, they arrive. They give her the, uh, is it Narcan? Is that what it's called? They give her the Narcan. She starts to come to a little bit and then goes right back out. And it looks like a movie scene. It is all caught on tape on the body cam footage. She looks dead with her eyes open. It is one of the creepiest things you've ever seen. They pop her a couple more times with the Narcan. Is that what it's called? I'm sorry. I may have that wrong. And she comes to, and it's okay. This apparently has been some days ago, if not weeks. She came forward as a great American patriot, not someone looking for attention, 
or a pat on the back and said, America needs to see what this drug does. Release the video. I have a very simple question. How does Joe Biden sleep at night? Honest to God, how do these people sleep at night? When they see someone like her, and if you've seen this video, how are they not stopping this drug at our border? Forget the, the, the politics part where they want all these migrants to come in and vote for Democrats for centuries to come and completely and fundamentally change this country and turn it into a socialist country. Forget that part. How can you be in charge in the United States? The president, his staff, his chief of staff, his advisors, his cabinet. How can you be running this country and see this woman who's gotten up every day for years to try to serve and protect in Tavares, Florida, Courtney Banning, how can you watch this video, see this drug coming in, which is relatively new, and we know it's coming in, we know how powerful it is, and we know where it's coming from. It's China. They know they're doing harm to America. We are willingly letting other countries do harm to us by sending their, in many cases, their worst people in here and the worst drugs. We allow the cartels to run the border, not us. We've done nothing about it. Biden seems to like it. I'm asking a simple human question. You go watch that video. It's available everywhere. You go watch the video of this woman on the ground and on her chest, on her protection, a U.S. flag and her badge. And she's lying there dead with her eyes open. And you understand what she does every single night out on the beat. And you're allowing this to happen to people like that. It's what? Collateral damage for Democrats? We don't care who dies. We don't care what happens here. That's just part of the, the greater good, the bigger cause, the greater good is much bigger than somebody's individual life in the Tavares Police Department. I feel like there's a chance that this video changes something because it's a police officer, because it's somebody doing their job, and it is scary as hell. Folks, she is dead with her eyes open. There's no other way to describe it. From a little bit of fentanyl blown in the air. God bless the men and women that serve us every single day. Not just in law enforcement, but all services. Every area of service. Especially right now, the people at the border that are trying so hard to keep us safe and sort out the people that shouldn't be coming in. God bless you. And could somehow, some way, when we get a hold of the house here in a couple of weeks, could we do something about this fentanyl and these people coming in? There is no place on earth like the United States right now. We are under siege. We are under attack. No country on earth would allow this. No normal country on earth would allow this. No normal people in charge of their citizens, of protecting their citizens, sworn on a Bible, protect and defend the Constitution, the laws, and the people of the United States, nobody could do this. Nobody of any moral standing or fiber at all could allow this. And yet it's where we are. And they're having drag queen shows at the White House. It's just scary as hell. Thanks to our friends over at Joslin's Jewelry for being such great sponsors for so many years between radio and the podcast. 
Jaws, it's their, it, look, it's their season. Right now through February is their season because you have Christmas and then you have Valentine's Day. They're both big events at Jocelyn's Jewelry. This is the place to go, guys. It's what she wants. I went to the mall yesterday for a couple of hours just walking around looking for something for my daughter's boyfriend because I just don't know what to get him. And I thought, well, I'm, I haven't been to the mall in a long time. I'm going to find something somewhere here. I couldn't believe it. There must have been like six jewelry stores in there. And I, I wouldn't spend a nickel at any of them. To be honest, it looked like it just didn't look or feel right. It looked like shysters. But what? Uh, Joslyn's. Go on in there. You'll love your experience. They're non-commissioned. Everybody there's family in some way. It's a throwback. 95th and Antioch in Overland Park, Joslyn's Jewelry. And Finch Knife Company, we've been talking about them this holiday season. You can order your Finch pocket knife for a wonderful Christmas gift at finchknifeco.com or visit Shields in Overland Park. I feel, you know, I feel like Shields should be a sponsor. As conservative as they are, they should be a sponsor. Maybe we'll reach out to them somehow, or we know how to get a hold of them. And I'm just glad they have the Finch Knives in there. I think that's awesome. If you want to see them in person and not just online, go to Shields in Overland Park and check out Finch Pocket Knives. Keep life from getting dull. Awesome sponsor of the podcast. Spencer and Steve over there just do a great job designing some of those beautiful pocket knives you've ever seen that are big, strong, sturdy tools that can do a lot of things for you. We love that about the Finch Knife Company. Keep life from getting dull. Life is never dull here at KKHI. We are not afraid of any topic. We will do it all. I know I still upset some of you from time to time. We don't always agree, but that's okay. Our hearts are in the right places. We mean good for each other. We mean good for our country. We mean good for our community and our churches. That's a great place to start. Every single day, that's a great place to start. Mean well. Do something good. And I think most of us try to do that. We do, we're not perfect. We, we fail. We fail. We fail because we're human. But we try. Try to do something nice. Try to find a better way. Try to help somebody or something get better. And maybe that's even yourself. Just knock yourself out doing that. Appreciate you being here every day, man. It's, it's an unbelievable ride. I can't thank you enough. So many of you have told other people to like, follow, or subscribe to the podcast. We're getting close to 25,000 subscribers to the podcast now. Uh, people who get notifications every day. It's a free service. You get to listen free. You're so great about supporting the sponsors. We appreciate that. If you ever wonder about, oh, I can't remember the name of that sponsor or whatever, and you want to support one of them, remember the KK list. We built the site for one simple reason. That was for ease for all of you to go to one place and see the businesses that either sponsor the podcast or people that we know in some way that are conservative, that are patriots, you want to do business with other conservatives, the kklist.com is a great place to start. Just visit the website any day, thekklist.com, and shop, save, spend, feel good about doing business with other conservatives at thekklist.com. Thanks for listening to Kevin Keatsman Has Issues, presented by Roberts Robinson Chevrolet Buick GMC. To get exclusive patrons-only podcasts, receive a weekly newsletter, and attend in-person patrons-only parties, visit kkhasissues.com and become a patron today. This has been a production of Crooked Tail Media Incorporated. Ah!